This morning, we draw our thoughts from the gospel reading from St. Matthew's Gospel in what has come to be known, commonly known as Christ's Sermon on the Mount. It's a sermon where in three chapters, Jesus proclaimed the core of the Christian ethos with clarion words that are as timeless, speaking to our generation just as they did to those on the Judean hillside two millennia ago. This wasn't a lofty discourse for the rabbinical elite. These were words for the every man and his wife, teaching in how to live out the kingdom principles in a fallen world that's at odds with God's holy and heavenly kingdom. In today's portion of the gospel, Jesus speaks to the most seminal concerns of food and shelter. In a time when much of the world was, and as it is today, many cases, uh, the world is no more than a day or two from hunger. Obtaining food and potable water was a primary concern and a likely source of anxiety and stress for mothers with children. A short interruption in nourishment and hydration would have had dire consequences for these Judean peasants. And again, this wasn't a condition taken out of time, uh, and it has been normative for the, the bulk of the human story. Eleven months ago, we were, as we were ringing in a new decade, none of us had any true sense of what 2020 held out for us in our lives. In fact, in retrospect, it's as if one could hear the words of the comedian, Woody Allen, who once quipped, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. We, in North, we Northern Virginians hadn't had any concept of the tsunami that was racing towards our serene beach. In short weeks, we were battened down, masked up, and sheltering in place. And this seismic shock brought on a second tsunami into the lives of many. And in that tsunami's wake, many now found themselves in, tor in torrents of anxiety. Physical anxiety and concerns over would one survive a bout or even multiple bouts of the coronavirus. Economic anxieties followed on the heels as people watched their livelihoods crash and resources began to dwindle. Then social anxieties began to take their toll as harried Americans watched the very social fabric of our, of our republic abrade and seemingly unravel. Yet in the middle of this place called 2020, the voice that spoke that day on the mountain still speaks into the lives and speaks the eternal message. We read in verse 25 where Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what will you put on? Is life not more than food? And the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? 
in the face of the natural, Jesus called out to his hearers and to us in a calling to the supernatural. Now, when we think of the supernatural in this moment, we need to consider that this is not some ethereal, mystical state, but rather a state where we're rising above our own faulty natures. Rather than retreat to worry and to worry and fear, we're called to a revolutionary attitude of belief and trust. Now, while a scoffer might write this off as childish, childish presumption, the very true is opposite. Willful, intentional trust in the promises of God require volitional, intentional effort on our parts. But it's the very thing that we're being called to do. Then Christ speaks to the futility of their anxiety. Verses continuing in verse 27, where he says, And which one of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. But yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. For we see, we, we know, and we learn that worry and anxiety produce nothing beyond toxicity in our lives and in the lives of others. Left unaddressed, it's health-destroying relationship. It is health-destroying, relationship-destroying, faith-destroying, and ultimately, it's life-destroying. Unconfessed anxiety pulls the saints' eyes and hearts away from God and turns them inward into an ever-growing, ever-increasing black hole where one no longer sees the grace and mercy of the Almighty, only their own predicament. And it's for this reason Jesus is calling to rouse us out of fear and to fix our eyes on him. Remember and consider St. Peter. St. Peter was not about to be drowned by the storm that surrounded him. St. Peter was about to be drowned by the anxiety that was consuming him. And while the master admonishes us, he also encourages us. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But rather, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things then will be added unto you. We like the hearers in that day are reminded that unlike those outside of the covenant of the promise, we have a Holy Father who knows our needs before we even articulate them. And yet, in the midst of this reminder, lay a challenge. Rather than obsessing over the things that are giving us occasion for anxiety, he calls us rather to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. 
understanding that a few moments later, Jesus promised those who were listening to him on that mountainside that as they seek, they'll find. As they knock, it'll be open to them. And Jesus reminds us in, in this verse and in these words that as we seek after his kingdom, his righteousness, the rest of this will be added unto us. Now, the beauty of our Thanksgiving holiday is that it gives us intentional pause to consider the grace and provision of God in our lives. It might also be a time to consider the words of John Newton in that immortal hymn, Amazing Grace, where the old sea captain wrote, Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe this far, and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will, he will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. On a day which the world is storming around us, we have reason not to fear and re multiple, a legion of reasons to be thankful and to look to God as our strength and our deliverer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.